welcome friends to a new episode of Mind Speaks, Soul Listens. The views and opinions expressed by the speakers in this recording are solely based on their own individual perspectives and experiences. They form only part of the truth and we strongly encourage listeners to form their own conclusion based on their own living experience. Do you have more questions on Dean? I think this was very um, a great explanation, um, very helpful. And um, so it could be um, the, the place I was describing was actually at work and in my office, you know, after the clients leave. I always sit in that same spot. So it could be that um, because I'm sitting in that same spot that has been reserved for the meditation. And yeah, it could be and do, do service of love, right? All days. All mm-hmm. days. That's why. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, I do have another question. And that is, um, and I don't know if it's for a lot of people on this path, you know, or just um, what the reason is. Um, but for myself, I'm really, I've always been really sensitive to smells, to sound, to people's energies. Um, it just seems like um, I'm aware of those um, things more than other people are. And um, I'm just wondering if, I was thinking maybe it has something to do with, you know, we come from this perfect home and we are thrown into this lower creation where nothing seems perfect, that we have developed those sensitivities. Um, Maybe you can explain what that could mean. Yeah, Takin, you can explain about this. Um, I I don't... I, I don't agree with the fact that uh, it's because we came from our true home. Because I, I think in that region of true home, yes, everything is perfect. But it's a different kind of perfection. It's not judgmental perfection like you like humans perceive perfection to be. So I think your sensitivity to... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm also kind of the same where... I think it was just this afternoon when I entered a mall, I entered uh, a, a shop and it was very crowded. And then when I when I was browsing through, I felt that, you know, I was going going to faint, right? Very lightheaded. I'm like, what's happening here? So I immediately get out of it and I realized the energy in that uh in that shop was like, you know, people were like, I don't know, they were they were they were kind of like throwing a lot of energy and it was disrupting my my balance. So I guess sensitivity in a person maybe is in line with your uh your being, your energetic being, that you maybe are more refined than the normal mere mortals that we see on the streets, right? You're kind of like more sensitive to it. Like for example, I'll give you an example. Let's say you have stopped or, or reduced your intake of sugar, right? In your diet. And then the next minute, somebody pours you like a small amount of sugar. And then you immediately can taste that sugar and say, did you just pour in sugar into this tea? I can taste it, right? Whereas for a normal person, that sugar might not be enough. He might, you know, instead of putting like some some specks of sugar, putting like four teaspoons and that to him. Now, this is sweet. What are you saying sweet? That's just like, you know, a, a handful of sugar. This is sweet for. So I think sensitivity is in line with um with how how you how how your energy being is is being um you know elevated in that sense. You're more heightened, therefore you're more sensitive. So yeah, I, I think uh it's part to do with the maybe your spiritual evolution inside. So maybe there's a correlation there. Yeah. And there's a funny event in Singapore that uh, I and Takin experienced at the time. There's a guy show up to our place, right? And he have this machine. He said, this machine can measure aura. Mm. And um, he said, okay, with uh, one feet of aura, you know, one foot of aura, 
this machine will turn one time. Mm. Okay. It's like a dowsing rod. Yeah. Mm. And he said, uh, normally, normal people, if they are a meditator, okay, their aura will extend to around seven to nine feet. Okay. So this is their energetic body, right? So they measure everybody in a room and this guy turn around and look at me like, okay, you're next, right? And then I just sit, you know, I just like standing there getting nervous, right? Okay, what if this machine didn't turn at all? So it means I have no aura, right? <laughs> but this machine, right? He started to put right next to me and it starts spinning like crazy. He said, oh my God, this machine already spent 300 more time so your aura is like a whole football field <laughs> he said to me and he said how it's even possible for you to live in this human life he said let's say if you go to a mall don't you feel everybody in the mall you know you will be very sensitive i said no i said well i have my master i say master Please protect me. <laughs> so at that time, when I go outside, I put a master protection on, right? Then my aura is like maybe one or two feet away from me. So I'm safe, <laughs> you know? So maybe you have to learn this technique. You know, normally, yes, sitting at home in my comfort zone like this, I believe that my aura like that guy measure for me will be like a, a like a football field or a city right but then when i go outside i put this protection cover on me call master grace okay the deal the deal with my master that he will protect me from all harms right so yeah so i try to do it that way so i don't feel too overwhelming going outside and face with people with all kind of smell and energy, right? So yes. how, how, how was your aura attacking? <laughs> I think mine wasn't like 300. Mine, I think, was like uh, maybe 15 feet. Because I think <laughs> he spins like 15 times, I, I think. So yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing, amazing uh, technology. I didn't know it even existed. And and for once, I because I'm a skeptic myself, so I actually observed that machine. It's really like a dowsing rod. It's like an L-shaped rod, but you put it in. And there's no way for you to actually literally spin it using your hands because mm. it's practically impossible for you to actually spin it and for it to like spin around like, you know, so fast. I, I think it's it's highly impossible. There's no, there's no batteries, no mechanics involved. It's just basically just a, a rod that spins. So um, it was quite mind blowing for me to see it, um, yeah. But but back back to your smells, right? Because I I just remember that you mentioned smells. So I mean, okay, regardless of your aura, right? Regardless of aura, if somebody smokes, right, that that smell is a turn off to almost everyone, you know, irregardless across the board, unless you're a smoker yourself. So I I'm saying that sometimes it's very uh, it's a practical thing. Because if it's if it's a very physical uh, action like smoking or you know somebody putting like very uh, strong perfume, you actually smell it very sensitive. But I think some people are desensitized to that smell because of a, a physical impairment. So for example, they do not, I don't know, for whatever reason, their sense of smell is degraded, right? So they they are not attuned to that. So maybe yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, facets to this sensitivity. But if if you're you're talking about like what Nay mentioned about auras and energies, uh, this is beyond sen uh, human sensory, uh, um, you know, receptors. This is like when you enter a room and you feel everyone's very cold and negative. Yeah. No human senses can can detect that. It's it's more like your ethereal bodies that are actually uh, taking in all this uh, energetic resonance from all these beings, right? And you just say, man, the room feels so cold, right? so yes, yeah that makes sense i i feel that in spaces and places even like driving um in the car i, I avoid certain areas of town because i feel 
the energy. It's both. It's physically and energetically. But I think um, what Ney said about the master asking him to protect that, um, put the protection over, I'm going to try that starting today. <laughs> and okay. It's all very work for me. Yeah, yeah, it works. So you, you, you can do a two-in-one, Stephanie. You can, you can try that cloak and you can even mm -hmm. project master, you know, beside you as a bodyguard, right? So you just do a two-in-one, right? <laughs> That's Con what I will need. Contemplation <laughs> and uh, bodyguard. It's so, a way of bad guys. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine him with neo sunglasses and stuff. Yes. And I think um, that leads to maybe another question or two. Um, uh, perhaps one is about aliens. You know, we've had all these things show up in the United States or somewhere in the world, uh, those objects. And then also we've had all these earthquakes happening. And um, and I'm just wondering about collective and personal karma when you experience that in your physical body. So, um, so two questions in one, the collective karma when things happen to people somewhere else in the world and you might suffer with them physically in a milder version and also what's up with all these alien things showing up or these unidentified objects um, are the aliens trying to save us from ourselves or are those enlightened <laughs> beings <laughs> go on back in you're first so so question number one what makes you think you're not an alien yourself food for thought right <laughs> yes that's that makes sense. I've never felt like I really fit into this earth plane. <laughs> you're, you're probably an alien, clo uh, you know, disguising yourself as humans. That's number one. Because I, I see a uh, majority of the mess that we have in, in this world, these this, this maybe are not human beings, you know. These are, I don't know, alien beings or even like, you know, I don't know, they are just masking themselves, you know, as human beings so that, you know, we can talk to each other. But, I don't know. I, I feel this alien subject has been going on for quite some time since, I don't know, the since World War II or since Roswell, you know, famous incidents like this. But I feel, um, to me, right, if a highly intelligent extraterrestrial uh, civilization, right, were to look at us and uh, they see us as a threat, they see human species as a threat, I, f I find it hard to believe. I think we are a threat to ourselves rather than the aliens are a, a threat to us, you know. Why would the aliens see us as a threat, for example, where we are just, you know, sometimes very primitive in nature. We plunder the world of its resources. We, I don't know, put up, like, you know, gas gases in the air. We... We do we destroy a lot of things, right? So coming from a point of view of a highly intelligent civilization, right? I would practically just laugh at us. I'm like, guys, come on. Let me help you out. Let me throw you a bone or something. <laughs> if I'm an alien, this is what this is what I'll do. Right. Yeah. Stop trying to shoot us, man. It's, 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 it doesn't work. Yeah, so. Yeah, but I have um, many direct experience with aliens and I feel that they are kind, you know, they are helping us from outside because they have the law from non-interference, right? Mm. So they are like parents, our parents, you know, because they also humanoid, but they're older than us. So there's a theory where they plant themselves here on this planet through the process called seeding. So from time to time, they come back and check on us, right? They feel like, oh, they're still hunting and gathering. Okay, it's fine. Leave them alone, right? So, or okay, they're still fighting one another. They're still talking about World War Three. Okay, leave them alone. It's not time yet to reveal that they are also helping us from outside. Hmm. So they're like uh, the adult, you know, look at this human being on this planet. Like, what are these children do? You know, we create this wonderful playground, but yet they just destroy it. You know, <laughs> they're not sustaining it. They destroy it. 
right? I believe that our galactic brother and sister have all kinds of technology to revise our environment, to revise a lot of things, give a better education, better transportation, better free energy, you know, better everything. But yet, because human, we so selfish, we have a lot of greed, anger, you know. So we still, uh, according to them, being barbaric at the barbaric state, so they cannot fully be in connection with us because they cannot trust us. Anything appear on our sky, right? Shoot. Without any information, they shoot down first. You know, shoot first, ask later, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel uh, why the aliens even care about us, right? Is I, I think for this fact that um, mm. yes, we, we, we have a very dense body. Um, therefore, we are not blue in nature or, or whatever Hollywood alien. Uh, manifestation green. that you see or green right or have like four fingers we are what we are the human race is it is because we somehow can survive on this planet with with our body and organs right but the thing is we managed to create a world where we have 50% suffering and 50% you know, happiness and this is very conducive to this thing called and without element of free will uh, called seeking, right? Because when we suffer, we seek something higher or when we are bored, we seek something higher, right? So with this great recipe, right, it, it gives an opportunity for an enlightened um, force to actually enter our uh, domain, right? Or humankind. And to actually uh, bring us home. You know, for lack of a better word. I mean, it might sound like, oh yeah, so it's uh, like, you know, so what? Aliens being, but put yourself in a, or imagine yourself in a very highly intelligent civilization where you you can manifest everything with thought, for example. Even without even moving a muscle, you can actually conjure, you know, the skies or even, I don't know, move objects, right? there would not be any reason for you to actually suffer. Everybody is living in happiness and harmony. So why is there a need to escape this reality? So so I believe the aliens are here for maybe to show affinity with human beings so that, you know, um, you have the opportunity to actually escape subconsciously, you know. Or receive darshan yeah. from, uh, from master, from all the holy visitors. Yeah. On this planet. Yeah. But but because then then again visit their planet. <laughs> yeah, then again, caveat for this whole thing. I've not seen an alien physically with my eyes before. So it has not entered my experience yet. So whatever I'm saying, you can take it with a pinch of salt, you know. Could be my imagination, I could be blabbering, but then again, the the one that I see and the one that's real is uh is a perfect living master. And that's that's about it, you know. All this is all secondary information. Unless an alien manifests in front of me right now, then I can but safely I say. They don't do that, right? Because they operate in different vibration than us. Then for us, they consider as air or light, right? So we're not going right. a being start to walk among us and have a blue skin or green skin, you know, right. on them and look different. I don't think so. Right. There, there, there are too many things to contemplate on in my life right now. <laughs> so so I, I find it's really hard to keep a, a the, the master in, in my contemplation 24-7. What more of me, like, you know, thinking about aliens out there. If they exist, they exist. If they don't, they don't, right? To me, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good to know. But if they, they want to come out and make connection, they would come out in my reality and I only trust whatever that's in my vision, my reality, whatever that's not, is just a maybe for now because I only trust my own experience. Okay. I mean, this this is a, it's a, it's Let's a say guideline. Patrick, if tomorrow, leader of the alien 
uh, appear to you and contact you, mm. then what do you think is the is the next step? What are they doing here? Well, then I will say, why me? It's <laughs> <laughs> like you know, out of all. <laughs> The, the 8 billion characters that you can choose, why you choose me? That's number one. It's like, man, this Maybe is so Maybe you weird. are um, a disciple of a perfect living master. <laughs> Alright, then all I can say, okay, alien being, here's YouTube. Sign up for YouTube and Google this guy called Isha Puriji and then come back to me after you've watched all his videos, which you can watch in maybe a second, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, but jokes aside, I I think aliens do exist because it's very hard for me to comprehend that we are the only civilization in this whole creation, which is so ex expensive in nature. It's like so huge, right? But the the thing is, we should ask why are they here, right? And um, yeah, I th I think like what Nay mentioned, I I think we are too barbaric in nature as a species so um i think till the point where we come in and you know where everyone is one with each other there's there's more oneness than separation then i think the aliens will will not make any appearance soon you know unless we are about to destroy ourselves mm. yeah yeah i totally believe that this earth planet like you said right contain 50% happiness and 50% suffering. So this is the best ingredient to have true seekers here on this planet. So therefore, I believe that this planet built in a, uh, for the purpose to be a spiritual school for all souls to come here because this is a perfect playground, right? For the soul to come and play and seek God, right? Seek to know God here. So I feel that if, right, if there is a galactic federation who try to protect the, the well-being of all the planets that have being on it, right, they would protect this because here is a spiritual school, very important school, that here also have the best teacher in this whole universe here. Because there always be a perfect living master uh, at a time, right? If there are one person seeking the truth, seeking the truth, the true self as the soul, and want to go back home for, uh, to our true home, there will always be a holy visitor or a perfect living master on this planet. And by that, I feel that if those aliens, our galactic brother and sister, want to protect us, is because of this. Because also in the, let's say, next incarnation, they can enroll as a student here in this spiritual school. Yeah. So that's yeah. my observation. Yeah, and we if we blow up this school, right, due to greed, right, or whatever ulterior motives that one might have, then um, the universe has to create another Earth and start from scratch. So that will be a bit too costly in time and space. Therefore, it's better to preserve the school and just eliminate the bad boys. <laughs> the naughty kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so the uh, earthquake happenings, um, is that part of oh, the 50-50? Collective, 50 /50? collective yeah, karma, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, I want to ask this question. So you see, we have natural uh, disasters on earth, right? From a emotional perspective, which we can say, or, or I mean, some people have this opinion that, oh, God is cruel. Why? If God is like ever so merciful, why did he create this suffering and annihilate like, you know, a lot of like kids, women and elderly in that earthquake, right? Or in even in the tsunami, for example, right? This is, this is purely from human perspective, this way of thinking, right? But if you see from a higher perspective, this is a, the most, okay, I'm going to, whatever I'm going to say might sound very cold, 
and might sound very un uh like you know like very hard right but from a universe uh, creator point of view this is the most efficient way to to end the sufferings of all these people and put a reset to their characters and then make them have a new life you know reincarnate themselves in better circumstances this is the best reset uh for a group of souls so you do this collectively from a collective perspective let's say in a tsunami where i don't know half a million people die right that's half a million souls either getting liberated and going to be born in better circumstances because this is not their doing this is mother nature taking away their life right so it's just one wipe and like you know millions of souls go and you have the opportunity to sow new seeds for creation and they will come in better circumstances this is why i feel from this perspective right but from the perspective of the person losing a loved one in this disaster then it's it's obviously from a human perspective it's kind of uh, sad and cruel right but right, like i say you know if you have a drop mindset then this is what you'll feel but from a ocean mindset where it's very objective reality that you know in order for us to start something we have to dissolve something um this is how the collective actually works it has happened time and time again planets have been destroyed solar systems have been destroyed um by this method you know of dissolution so yeah that's how i see things we have to look into the spiritual evolution of this universe as well you know we just uh, currently come out of the dark age the kali yuga right and now we enter the bronze age which is going to lead into golden age golden era of spirituality in the future time so within this transition time it's natural that a lot of change due to happen and it sometimes it can be this change where this um energy come in create let's say tsunami uh let's say earthquake just right now you know to just reprogram you know to bring uh better and positive energy in and get rid of the dark energy out of the system i heard in one of supreme master shing hai talk she said that there is agreement between um master you know or or spiritual teacher saying that all the soul who die in the disaster like this they will have chance for liberation in the future time because they innocent because of this process of transition from the dark from dark to light so thing like this happening so all of those soul are innocent so therefore they been put on the list to be safe you can say they be put on the list be of spiritual of spirituality to be marked to get initiation um to a future master that gonna appear on this planet so if you look at that that way you will not feel sad you would not feel shaken to see this event happening in the world okay we have to look at everything from a higher and higher perspective then we can understand what is happening okay on our human self what we can do as okay we can we now just like the light in the world because we already get initiation and connection inner connection with our master we can meditate and spread the blessing master blessing in the world so more and more they will feel better even the one who lose their family or loved ones in this earthquake will also feel better 
you know we can do like that as well without they know that we are helping because if they know that we are helping and we know that we help them that still will be the element of condition saver condition service not unconditional service okay so by doing that every day if you can find a corner in your room in your house meditate after meditation maybe one minute after meditation you say to master master let's spread the blessing and your love together throughout this planet throughout this creation okay if like that more and more every day there will be a spiritual upliftment here on this planet the collective consciousness will raise up little by little by uh, or the spiritual people put a little bit effort on spreading love and master blessing okay. thank you that was very very helpful um i just just want to so so on that on that note right let's say if everybody have an idealistic uh, view of what god should do right and say okay you know what if god is very compassionate no one in the world should die right let's let's put that view up up front so then you will be not feel this this earth will not be filled with 8 billion people you'll be filled with maybe 800 billion people right some of them are old barely able to walk maybe of age i don't know like maybe 20000 years how old are you 20000 years old right so if if the nature of there is no dissolution ever right it's going to be a miserable place man you're going to live with people that have zero capability to contribute to society they are practically just rotting on the floor right and that there is no new uh, change that can come in because we are always left with the baggage of the old the the ones that have been obsoleted right so it's kind of if you look at it from that point of view it's kind of like why are we living in like in in a mess right so i i think nature has it in such a way where it's perfectly crafted in a cycle where you know somebody has to go in order for somebody has to come in so it's it's just how the nature of life so i guess if we truly understand that then we can truly understand like the guys that i mean the the people that lost their lives during um natural disasters or wars right um they like what name mentioned is is to eradicate that that negativity in that region in order for a new positivity to be injected in so it's is effectively creating a cause first and then the effects can come later because you 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 give a reason for something to happen later on as in you sow a reason Unfortunately this reason would mean people losing their lives but then again uh new people have to be born on yeah so it's how we see things I, i think it's a matter of perspective it's not like right or wrong heartless or not heartless right it's matter of perspective because i feel there's a lacking of a sense in the area where a lot of disaster happening because supreme master shing hai mentioned some years ago she said if a country have 10 saints meaning the people who have awareness of third level fourth level or fifth level of awareness okay so those those country will be ever peaceful there will be no wars there will be less corruption and there will be more and more happiness So that's what uh, our master do. You know, our master spread teaching all over the world in hope that one day somebody going to wake up from this illusion and be like hands and legs of God who create peace on this planet. Okay? Let's say 
if in your country, right, you want to change a system, you want to have a peaceful life, let's become the saints. Start from you first. Start from individual first. Then, if in your community, there are enough saints, enough enlightened being, then the country will naturally be peaceful. There will be no war, less crime, you know, less suffering. It's really true, you know, why? Because since I, I come back to Thailand, I meditate every day with my mother, with my uncle, with my friends in this community. We create a meditation room and we meditate together every day without fail. We notice that in our community, there's more and more peace, okay? And there's no loud music. Suddenly everything just become more beautiful. All the trees look more um, peaceful and they grow more and more. And uh, the thing that they used to do to create like a hectic atmosphere, right? All go away. And I feel like, oh, maybe this is how we change the world with meditation. You know, we have to look, you know, when we see things outside ourselves happening like this, it means that, okay, we have to put more effort to create peace and happiness where we are. So I think basically it's like that start from ourselves first because we cannot underestimate the power of love the power of love can move mountain and dry the sea okay we can do anything with this power of love and from this love from this unconditional love time and time again master or holy visitor came down from the top of creation down to this bottom of creation to suffer, to be among us because of this love and pull us up. We have to be the same. We have to be the one who pull people up in our community. This is very important. And let's debate on, okay, let's change the world. Let's make new policy to change this, change that. No. We have to shame ourselves first as a human being. Yeah, like be the change that you want to see. Be that change. Then everything else will change. Because, okay, speaking on change, right? I feel uh, some of us go into the extreme where we go into um, everybody needs to change mode, right? So mm. everybody be vegan. And I, I try to spread veganism to my you know whole neighborhood. And then yeah. it end up everybody started hating me, right? I was like, well, what, what did I do wrong? I, I tried to promote good. But the way that you are doing is more of like, you create separation. Like, you guys are meat eater, I'm a vegan. Therefore, I need to make you guys on my side, right? So this is a separation technique. Whereas if you create oneness technique, you will empathize why they are eating like, you know, whatever, like meat or whatever dietary. And you change yourself you be the example, naturally they'll be like, man, you look like fitter than us. We are like, you know, sick almost every week. What's your secret? And I see that your diet is, you know, this. So tell me more about this, right? So that's how the, the change happens. It happens from you and through you subconsciously, through, mm. through your, your, maybe your resonance, you motivated other people to actually make the change. Uh, it's very subtle, but mm. very effective than going on a preaching mode mm. and con trying to convert people, right? Because mm. you don't, you created a separation mode. You didn't do an act of oneness. You do actually, you are emphasizing on separation. That to me is, is um, yeah, it's something I learned. Like I, I try not to convert people. I just try to like empathize with them and just be the best version of yourself. Then people were like, oh, hey, what's, what's your secret, you know? Mm. Yeah. 
It's the same as being a parent. You know, parenting is like that. You don't have to teach your children much. You just be the example, and they're watching you from birth on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good point. Like, being parents, we always say, okay, like, you know, when, when this kid is like, you know, six months old, you're like, okay, I have plans for you, you know. When you are this age, I want you to do this. And then when you're this age, I want you to study this subject. And I want you to be a good, like, for example, guitarist, right? And then your your child says, no, I'm not going to play the guitar. I'm just going to play the piano, right? And then you'll be like, what? what? What happened? And then you start blaming yourself. You start preaching. So this is where it goes downhill very fast. So I, I think it, it's like, it goes both ways, right? You have to empathize with the person, why he made that choice. And try to support in whatever reason possible, right? Even though the person might be like, you know, like stuffing himself with junk food, for example. So you try to say, you know what? You know, you could have made a better choice. Like, you know, uh, try, try, try eating vegetarian or, or, or some greenery once a week. You know, try small baby steps. And you you show yourself, you, you be that example. And then these people will change. But if they don't want to change, let's say, if somebody that you invested heavily still wants to continue eating the junk food or whatever bad habits, right? Mm. In my experience, just let it be. Because then it's it's not on you. You are not supposed to change this person. Life is supposed to change this person. This person will go through his own learning journey through whatever ways that master has planned out, right? sickness, disease, suffering, pain. These are all tools to actually make one learn. Mm. When you don't, yes. yeah, you know, when you don't take the the sweet, you take the bitter sweet. Uh, I mean, the, the bitter pill. Yes, that makes sense. I'm just wondering uh, when when people, you know, come to you and they, they learn from you how to live healthy, but what do you tell them um, if they have spiritual questions, you know, before when Ishwa was alive, <laughs> we could send them to Ishwa and watch his videos. But now, what would you suggest? Sometimes I'm wondering about that. And even when he was alive, I sent people to him, but then um, they were not ready, you know, for initiation or the path. But if they have <laughs> questions now, what would be like a practical advice? to tell people just to meditate on go to the wisdom eye center no. and meditate no no or... I, I think i think okay this this uh, this is also like uh mirroring my experience because when people ask me stuff right okay back then when i first thought when i first heard about ishwaji and i first like you know got initiated i feel very like you know hyped up and you know you want to be on this ishwaji cam right holding the the flag of ishwaji and you know going around trying to convert half of the world, right? But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, you know? People are just like, oh, yes, this is an old man, 90-year-old, talking. i like, he's just a grandfather. I, I didn't gain anything. There's no pool. So I, I come to realize that it's, it's actually not up to you to actually do anything, you know? You can try your best, but if this person is just not meant to be, it's not meant to be. No matter if you, if you introduce him to, like, the best professor of spirituality out there, in current day, right? If he doesn't resonate, he doesn't resonate. Maybe what this guy will resonate is of a lower teaching, like, you know, like, you know, dress confidently, wear smart outfit and, you know, project yourself, be authoritative. They'll be like, ah, this is more, this is, this is more relevant to my current situation right now rather than going into deep and finding the anatomy of consciousness and this might be a subject too deep for them to understand it will just fly over their head. So, so I guess what works for you might not work for somebody else. And you just have to find what, what actually this guy is asking you from a, from a level of I want to know or from a level of I just, I'm just curious, you know. So there's, there's many levels of seekers. And I don't know, I, I think people can just find spirituality online, right? So like you can just follow any mindfulness guru out there. And if you're not satisfied, go go more, you know, find more. And if you're not satisfied with that, then go to the next teacher. If you're not satisfied with that, go on to the next one. So I don't know. I I, I would just ask people to Google Ishwaji. And then if they come back and say they learn nothing, I'm like, okay, fine. And 
go go ask chat GPT or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. For me, right, there also a lot of people from different walk of life, you know, come to me and ask spiritual question. For me, right, because I born as a Thai person, in the Thai person mentality, we always feel that we should be assistance, uh, assistance of the society you know because it's all about you know like uh how we give the best service to others you know and make use of our existence here to serve okay so me i'm always learn a lot different subject you know different kind of spirituality i always like okay take a look you know and learn learn and learn in this process because I feel that one day this will come into good use for the people who come who come to me and ask spiritual question so what happened is that when they come and ask me spiritual question I already know what level they are at because I can imagine myself go down to that level and and look at the current situa situation that they are on that kind of learning so i give them a hint a little bit about the next step and also talk to them that i understand them from their background because i have been there and done all that right for me it's like that i'm not gonna give the full discord you know, all the, you know, spiritual knowledge from one to hundred to that person, because a lot of time it can overwhelm them. And they just like, okay, this is not for me. This is too heavy. I cannot do this because a lot of time, you know, we can um, make somebody um, feel uncomfortable about spirituality too, right? Because let's say, let's say, okay, about veganism, right? If we go out there and try to promote this veganism in a meat-eater country, we will, we will have to fight with everyone and say that they are sinners, right? And, they, and we have to convert them into veganism. So it's the same. So, so, you know, you can suggest them to take a small step. Okay. Let them understand that. Okay. Animal have so too. And they are just like us. They also have family. They also have feeling. So therefore, it's not advisely to live on another people body. Right. Because they also feel suffer at the time of death and we take their meat to eat, right? So if we start from that, you know, small step for them to raise the awareness, maybe for the first time to see that, then slowly, slowly, like plant the seed, right? Then, and, and if that person water the seed every day and this seed of truth right in the fertile ground can grow to a big tree in the future so just like takin said be the change in the world that you want to see and suggest people when they come to you the next step they should take but no full while that you know all the full step you know but don't tell them all of that because nobody ready to know everything they only need to do the next step the next thing that they need to do okay and don't be impatient always be patient because nothing is in our hand anyway okay everything controlled by god including that person that come to ask you spiritual question 
that also God sending them your way. You need to react to that, to that circumstance. Okay, respond to that, and you know, give them solution. That's all. I I I also think that, uh, let's say for every every guy or girl that comes to you and asks you a spiritual question, uh, sometimes I feel it's a test. They must have put this person in front and see how I would react. Okay, then then to me it's like okay, am I going to like respond from an ego perspective? Maybe I just talk, I talk too much. I'm I'm just going to like you know give. But then your mind starts going on overdrive mode, right? Especially for a person like me, I like to think a lot of steps ahead. It's like okay, if I don't give this guy a, a full comprehensive answer, then I might just be not helping him fully, hundred percent. But then again. If I am over helping this guy, I'm exercising my own ego, and then master is just trying to test me. Like, aha, you have you have exercised your ego, and then now you you shall be like you know, um, I don't know, like uh, I wouldn't say punish, but you know, uh, I, I'll free some of your you know stuff like uh, grace, for example. So, I mean, we we start going on this mode, right? And the and what I notice when I go through all this exercise is that the mind. Is the sole uh, power behind every reaction, but if I truly, from the bottom of my heart, put, I really, I really want to help this person because of love, because I can see myself in this person, then most of the time, uh, the effect of whatever I try to help this person will be kind of like positive, and this guy will just come back and say, you know what, whatever you told me just now, I I really thought about it, and and it's really quite true, you know. I I I tested it out many times, you know, from ego perspective, like from very overpowering to just like you know what, I think you really need some help, and this is these are the pointers that will help you. And I invest a lot of my time in trying to like you know help this person, and and it's the change comes from knowing that you have made a positive impact and you feel good about it. That's where you know that oh okay maybe it's like it's not ego after all. It's just it's meant to be. That's it for today's episode. If you like to listen to more content like this one, please follow and like our channel. Links can be found in the description. See you next time, and thank you for listening.